if your audience is asking for, you know, say you're a food blogger and your audience is asking for vegan recipes, I want vegan recipes, and they keep asking and you're not creating mm-hmm. it, you need to really step back and be like, why am I not creating this? Maybe you just don't believe in it, don't care about it. That's fine. But if you're looking to grow an audience, you got to give the people what they want, right? So um, for me, it was Instagram tips. And I knew the influ- I knew the industry because I have a background in influencer marketing and I used to help facilitate influencers for a brand. So I knew both sides. So I knew the type of content create- to create when my audience was asking for it. They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. What's happening, friends? Welcome back. Welcome back in the studio. Thoughts That Rock, your favorite podcast that brings you three pieces of life-changing advice around a particular topic or subject that you have asked us to find an answer to. Yeah, and you know who really thinks of it as their favorite is uh, Jamaica. Yes. And I say that because they've moved into the top 10 out That's of all right. the countries, 85 countries now we're in. Jamaica has moved into the top 10. So they, they love us in Jamaica. They do. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't know what that says about us. I don't know. We were so excited because this topic um, that we had selected, we did this a while back, how to be an effective influencer, Mm -hmm. which kind of like being a speaker. We have friends of ours that will show up and say, hey, I want to do what you do. Mm -hmm. I do have friends that are looking to be an influencer, and uh, we couldn't be happier to have found the right person, our good friend, Jesse Place. I see you smoking. (laughs) (laughs) Something's about to be. What's getting dropped on us? uh, I just, I listen, I love this topic. I I have questions (laughs) that. That need to be answered. I want to be an influencer, but I'd like to keep my shirt on. So I don't know. You yes. Know, maybe well, Jesse has some tips for well, me. Well, she definitely does because uh, <laughs> you brought up some things. It was a great, great interview. Uh, you know, we'll have a lot of stuff in the show notes. You got to go and check out Jesse's bio. I mean, she's a digital content creator. She's yep. a photographer. Amazing. She's an influencer marketing specialist, has worked with over 300 brands like Ralph Lauren yep. and JC Penney, yep. um, Abercrombie and Fitch, yep. Anthropology. I liked um, Abercrombie. What was that song? <laughs> what was that song? That was, I did some Abercrombie and Fitch, Chinese food. We can edit this sick. stuff out, I'm sure. We had an awesome LFO, baby. LFO. Back in the day. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jesse. This is your intro. This is what you get. You got to check this interview out. We did have some laughs. You're going to love it. Listen now. Boom. There she is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesse Place is in the house. Woo. We're here. <laughs> we are here. We're yes. not actually in the same room, as you can tell. Where, where are you today, Jesse? I'm at home in cold Salem, New Hampshire. <laughs> Salem, New Hampshire. That's your neck of the woods. It is. It is. It it's is. about uh, 35, 40 minutes uh, from from Manch Vegas. It's like we like Manch to say. Vegas. <laughs> yes. So to be transparent, we, uh, we've we known Jesse. You've known her probably as long as I have. Yeah. I think when uh, hanging out with a good friend of ours, Mr. Dave Place. But we've known Jesse yep. now for 15 years. God. Has it probably been that long? <laughs> Maybe a little bit I less? Think, I think she, it's actually been like... 11 or 12. Okay. Yeah, I was going right. to say 15. She would have been like 12. <laughs> oh. 
don't, don't give rage don't, away don't, here. Don't, don't make don't, that would have been weird. I knew her when she was eleven. I followed her since middle school. Wah, wah. Police, come on in. That's exactly right. It's called security. No shit. We have known Jesse for a while and have really had an opportunity to hang out and watch her trajectory in uh, the, some of the cool stuff we're doing. We couldn't think of a better person. Our topic actually today was how to be an effective influencer. Yes. And, uh, you know, I know people who say they want to be an influencer or people who say they are an influencer, and it's it's debatable. Jesse has actually done that and been very successful. So we couldn't think of somebody who would be better to talk about these things. So we're, we're just so thrilled that you're here, and we're going to leave the floor open to you and just ask you, let's, let's at least start with your first thought that rocks on how to actually be an effective influencer. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited. Um, I guess my first thought when it comes to being an influencer, a content creator, a blogger, is that a lot of influencers lead with, this is all about me, right? It's my followers, it's my audience, it's my statistics, it's my everything. And the problem with that is, if you want to be successful in this influencer industry, it has to be about them. It has to be about the brands you're working with. It has to be about your audience that you're talking to. So if you're going to be a successful content creator influencer, you really have to just take a step back and focus on who you're you're adding service to, who you're providing value to. Um, And that's something that I've always tried to do as a content creator, because without my audience, I would be talking to a wall, you know, so, so (laughs) they're there for me, and I need to, you know, really make it about them. Jesse, as an avid TikToker, I would say <clears throat> that first of all, I waste way too much time. You're an avid you got the dance moves for a 51 year old man to be on TikTok. Um, You're an avid watcher of TikTok, and I'm going to say this tongue in cheek, but I do really want to know what you feel about this. Uh oh, Jim was like, "Don't say this," but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, when you say it's not about you, it's about them. You don't mean boobs, right? Because what I have found on TikTok is that when you say it's not about me, it's about them. The them is referring to the plentiful of boobs that appear <laughs> on uh, – uh, uh, it is an alarming rate. Uh, and, and I don't know what that says about my feed in particular. <laughs> I but, know that that's what it says about your head. So what I want to know, though – so listen, this is something that I'm dead serious about <laughs> – is that I'll be right back. You have I'm going to disassociate. Myself. You have been an incredibly successful influencer without falling victim to any of that stuff. That's None true. of it. That's Zero yes. of it. How do you help people avoid the pitfalls of going down that route? Because when we get to your second point here, I've got a whole other thing we're going to oh, talk gosh. about. Oh gosh! But I mean, for real, I think that people look at that as a shortcut. To being an yes. influencer, right? Yes, I definitely think that is a shortcut. And I think that, you know, especially a female on, on a social media platform, it's, it's visual, right? So it's yeah. all about your appearance. And I think, you know, Brant, I'm going to tell you the algorithm. Once you watch one of those videos, <laughs> it's just going to keep coming. What? That's why mine's, <laughs> that's why mine's filled with dogs. So, um, well. yeah. <laughs> Well, all I'm saying is, it's okay. Mine, they're they're plentiful. 
on yes. my feed. Yes. And it is it is a it is a shortcut. Um I think it really comes down to your values and who you want to work with. What for me as an influencer, I have a background in photography. I've always I love fashion. I've always wanted to work with brands and create content for them. So when you are putting yourself in that in that light, you know, with less clothing, that's the type of audience you're going to attract and that's the type of brands that are going to want you. It might be more like alcoholic beverage companies that want to, you know, work with you. Yep. Um, and so I really, for me, I never wanted to take that shortcut. And I also think it depends on what your mission is, right? So if you're like, I want to be a influencer and I want to get all these followers and be popular. Well, that's your main goal, right? But for me, I did not want to make money off of this. I did not want to be quote unquote popular. I just wanted to make a difference in women's lives and inspire them. So I can do that with wearing a sweater (laughs) and, you know, it, it works out for me, but it is, I didn't take the shortcut to, and I wanted I always, I always said this when I was a preschool teacher. I was a preschool teacher for nine years, and I always said to myself, if my kid, the, those students grew up and found my Instagram account, because you always find your teacher's stuff, and you're like, oh, my God, this is how they are. I always wanted them to be proud of me. So that's how I present myself on social media. That's a great answer, you sicko. <laughs> Listen, it is a very – It's okay, Brant. It is a very uh, obvious – path to influence and yeah. i think it can't it you can't you can't ignore it because no. it's everywhere it's everywhere right. and and listen when we were your age it was you know the stuff on tv it was not what we have today it was not the you know the the reins were much tighter as to what was perceived to be okay or not okay and right. um and in a world where you know, at 10 o'clock at night now, their F-bombs drop in, like, Hiroshima. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, it's like, it's a different world. And so there's a normalization, I think, of of that. And listen, to those who do that, that's that if yeah. that's what they want to do, all, all the power to them, right? Mm-hmm. I, I love to see, for myself, to say to you as a, you have uh, uh, an online persona of a strong woman that, has nothing to do with any of that. And I, that you. is a, that's a rare, it is a rare thing these days to be able to say that. And so mm-hmm. good, good on you as, as the Australian. Thank you. Yeah, nice <laughs> good recovery. on you. Uh, I'm going to ask you a less crass question. If that's all right, <laughs> Jesse, uh, around the same thing, you know, I, when we were, when we were doing the introduction, we obviously were talking about uh, the, the 300 brands or so that you've worked with. I think when you were first starting off as a, a you know, I think I probably thought of you as an Instagram influencer, but maybe even before that, any social media, was there a time that it almost had to be about you to start off? Like when you first started off and there are probably people listening in the audience right now going, I want to do that. Where do they start? And again, I don't want to get into the other thoughts yet. But do you, to some degree, have to make it about you, or is your first client you just start a you, you make it about that person, their product, their service, or whatever it is that you're trying to highlight? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think it's it's about you in a way. I mean, it's it's your brand, right? So an influencer is essentially it's their brand, it's their business, and I think influencers should treat it as a business, whether you are just starting out or not. So. 
Um, it's about you, but the way you present yourself should be about them. So if I'm working with a company, even when I just started, and I think, I think part of it too is I had a background in photography, but I actually worked with different musical artists. And so I would photograph these different bands, but I was young, I was 16, and I had to get this photo pass. And, you know, as a 16 year old girl who, you know, I didn't know what to do. So I would just pitch myself to these tour managers in these press companies. And I would do anything. I would be like, how I can send you free photos for your marketing. I can, you know, do video clips, like whatever you guys need so that I can get my foot in the door. So when you're, when you're just starting out, anything you can do to help these businesses so that you can start to build your portfolio, the better. So obviously I present myself being like, this is my website, this is, you know, my blog, this is my media kit, but I'm not, you know, in their inbox being like, I'm Jesse, I'm from Boston, I'm good, I do this. I Like, it's about like, what are your campaign goals for the spring season? What are you guys selling that you'd like me to push? Um, obviously I have to, you know, my values have to align with that brand. I don't want to ever promote anything that I don't respect and, and endorse naturally, but yeah. I do, I do come to them and say, you know, how can I serve your business? And I think that's what's made me really successful because a lot of content creators will be like, know your worth and you should, but also that comes with, well, I'm not settling for anything. Like you need to pay me or I'm leaving. And I'm more of like... If in a contract, I'm contracted to give you 10 high quality photos, I'm going to give you 20. I'm just going to because I want to continue that relationship. I'm not here to, you know, beat around the bush. I want to show you that I'm going to be better than the next content creator you work with. I'm going to be professional. I'm going to be personal and I'm going to deliver more because I want to keep the relationship going. Well, that fits in perfectly then, I think, with some of the, the other thoughts. You did say something, though, that uh, I think a lot of times people will come to us as speakers, and they're yeah. doing the same thing. You said, you know, have having your website, having your media kit, having, you know, your high-definition photos. Like, it, it there, you can't just jump right in and, and start supporting a brand. You really kind of have to have your act together, and I think – maybe one of those steps and i know we weren't talking about it today but you got to start getting that collateral together and make sure that when you present yourself as your brand as you said you're in a pretty good place so people go oh yeah i definitely want to be connected with that person right definitely and i think too like when you're just starting out there will be you know i work I'll see different content creators who are just tapping into this space and they won't work with the brand unless they get paid. And I'm all for advocating you should be paid as a content creator, but if you have nothing under your belt, if you have no experience, yeah. then take yeah. those gifted partnerships, totally. you know? Yeah. And I always make it a thing for me. I will work with three local brands completely free every single year. And if it's if it's a charity or a nonprofit, I'm not charging them because yeah. I do want to build that relationship. And I also want to give back, you know, as a content creator, too. So I think it's important to take on those gifted partnerships if you need to build that portfolio. But then also, yeah, know your worth and if you have all of those under your belt. And but at the same time, like give back a little bit more. So do yeah. a little bit extra. I think that goes a long way. Awesome. All right, so we have it's not about you, it's about them. What, what's your uh, second thought that rocks on being an effective influencer? Yeah, so my second thought that rocks is providing actionable, valuable content to your audience. 
And this is something I had to learn a few years in because I really truly love fashion and makeup. And I started to notice that my audience would just DM me and say, well, how did you get this many followers? Or how'd you work with that brand? Or how'd you make a media kit? How does that even work? And I started then just talking about different influencer tips because that's what the audience was asking asking me if I had ignored that and been like, well, this is the dress I'm wearing. You know, they might be like, well, I'm just going to go elsewhere because I'm really interested in this this stuff, Jesse. Um, so I think it really boils down to knowing your audience and then giving them the content that they're asking for. And I think giving away um, free downloads and guides and just stuff that's tangible for them um, is really awesome. I love when I, you know, get an email and it's like, oh, here's this free ebook. You're like, thanks, that's awesome. Then I'm going to further check out your content because you offered that to me. Um, I see so many course creators that are just like, buy my $100,000 course, but you don't know what's inside. Like, I guess we'll see. And you really need to have some like freebies to give away so that people know they can trust you or it relates to what they're needing. Um, so as a creator, I think it's really important to offer those things to your audience. I think you do this a lot as well. I think, you know, different ways of looking about philanthropy, <laughs> if you want to use that word. But yeah. I, I think the cool thing about your first point was really about, you know, the, the brands that you work with. Where here, you're sort of giving away the secret sauce, right? Now you're the yeah. train the trainer. Let me teach other people how to be an influencer. I noticed you started doing that in the last couple of years. And I was thinking gee, she's given away all of her trade secrets, but I'm assuming, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but knowing your heart and who you are, you have an abundance mentality. It's like if somebody else yeah. became successful off of some of these things that you, maybe it took you a little bit of a harder road or you've just become lucky and, and successful or whatever you want to say, and you can help somebody else out, that's fantastic. So I think that, that whole mentality of, you know, providing, what'd you say, actionable content for your audience. I think mm -hmm. that's a great way of looking at it. But you, you do this as well, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, mean you're, you're donating your time to people all the time. <sighs> Too much, I would say. <laughs> really, you should be focusing on work. He's on TikTok. Yeah, he's on TikTok all day long. I don't understand. Looking at, you know what? I, uh, you know, I laugh because I agree with you, just that, that I think that um, the, the people that I follow uh, that are content creators – typically are somewhat you know they they're canva expert and they give away a free template um that they have right. you know created or something or they're giving tips of how to access these different places or, or, or different parts of a tool that you already use that you might not know exists um it's the iphone tips it's the you know all, all that sort of stuff but i think it's it's you know it's easy to chase a trend mm -hmm. um and i think that as you as you really sort of are giving information and value to your audience, um, you have to keep your brand in mind, right? Because right. there are people who end up being incredible influencers with the amount of followers they have. But if you asked me what they did um, or, or what their specialty was, a lot of them I would go, I don't remember. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, you know, because it's all over the place. It's, it's a little, you know, they're, they've got <coughs> the, the following, but they are really looking now at, at just trying to grab low hanging fruit wherever they can and, and make a little bit of money as opposed right. to build, building a brand that is, that is headed in a direction 
with a desired outcome that has been thought through and not just, right. you know, I'm going to try to influence whatever I possibly can. And I think exactly. that it goes both ways in the same way that it's not about you, it's about them. Um, you see certain influencers go, okay, well, I, <coughs> Jim's cho- oh, yeah. he's choking on, <laughs> on tears, choking on his own spit. <laughs> um, name the movie. He's choking on my own spit. I don't remember. It was Talladega Nights. Come okay. on. Um, and so, uh, so the idea for me, though, is when you grab the audience and you start to think through, you know, what, what's going to happen next, is it, okay, I'm going to invite you to this gated content now, whether that's your website, whether that's OnlyFans, whether that's, you know, whatever paid thing. Did that, you say OnlyFans? Um, mine's launching in 2023. <laughs> Listen, help a brother out. Help a brother out. I, I gotta, I gotta make some dough. Um, so I'm sell starting, those feet pics. It's, uh, uh, yes. it's it's Men in Motion, and it's my OnlyFans uh, dance page that uh, I, I just tease the dances on TikTok, but then I get what is happening full choreography in, in, on my OnlyFans. Um, but the so Jesse here's the here's the here's the difference. <laughs> The difference, though, is switching it to the focus on you as opposed to the focus on the brand that you're promoting or whatever it is that you're involved with. So I love when you said um, that when you really, you know, know your value, but I think it's also important to know the brand's value that they are trying to put forth, right? And so how do you balance gaining new followers um, because they, they, they love you, they love your personality, they love the way that you present, but also um, balancing that with the value of the brand or product or service that you're trying to promote. Yeah, so I think, I think influencer marketing is so powerful, right? Because it's really, it's really the new way to market because people look at influencers as relatable, right? They, they feel like that's my friend. So if they're coming to me for, even if it's, you know, I love, you know, Jesse's outfit that day, or it's the, the tips that I'm providing because I'm not, I'm not gatekeeping anything. If I post a brand that I really love, they've already, they already have my trust, right? They already trust me. So they're going to trust that whatever I'm promoting, you know, will be great too. So they look into that brand. And I think, I think that's why it's important. I have, I've never felt like a competitive nature around social media and I've never understood why people have that mindset, right? Of like, oh, she worked with that brand. I could never work with that brand or how did she do this? It's I always look at it like if she worked with that brand, then I can work with that brand. If she did that, if she wrote a book, I could write a book. So yeah. you celebrate those things. And so um, I think when I'm working with a brand, I really do my research on them. I make sure they align with my values. I make sure that, you know, I look at my audience's content. I'm not just posting and then like disappearing and going to have a latte. After I post, I like check on what they're doing. I like want to know my audience too. So if I have a lot of, um, let's say mommy bloggers, right. And this company approaches me and I'm like, this would be great for all the mommy bloggers in my audience that already trust me and look at me as a friend, then this is going to be a great connection. So it comes back to really knowing your audience and not just, again, it's not about me. I need to also be active on their accounts and celebrate their wins too. Um, so yeah. 
What's really weird is that mommy bloggers are also the members of my OnlyFans page. It's um, only mommy bloggers. It's, that's all it that's is. All of it. That's my target audience. <laughs> well, I will not be on your page. I'm afraid to say. All of those, all of those soccer moms that fell in love with the band. That's uh, yes. are now mommy bloggers. So yes. here's here's something interesting that. Um, so Jesse, I, I uh, decided that I was going to go back to school a little bit uh, this last year, and and uh, have been taking classes. And uh, one of the things we're learning in this class is all etiquette. Uh, no, obvious, <laughs> obviously <TikTok>. not. <laughs> uh, yeah, how to be good at TikTok. No, this is actually all about uh, the psychology of leadership. And, and what we're talking, one of the things is talking about influence, right? And so we, we spent yeah. several uh, modules on, on applying influence, on mastering the, the essentials of influence, all these sorts of things, which I think um, are a lot of the behavioral science stuff that that is behind how influencers become successful without them even knowing it, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's something called heuristics uh, that we that we just sort of went through. And these are, there are six different heuristics. And heuristics are how our brains um, sort of make quick decisions when we don't have time to think something through, right? These are right. The, short, the shortcuts that our brain uses to say yes to something. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the six, and I think you're going to find that these are things that you use on a regular basis without even knowing it. So number one is reciprocity, right? Mm-hmm. So if we do something for somebody, you're going to provide content, then they're going to want to share that content because they got value out of what you did, right? Right. Number two is like, liking. They just, they like you. They like your yeah. personality. They like what you do. And so they want to support you. Three is social proof. So if it's out there and you get a whole bunch of comments and everybody is involved in that conversation in some way or not, they're going to start to follow that bandwagon because it's easier when there's a group of people. Uh, right. Uh, consistency is next, right? And I think that one of the things that every influencer would tell you is that being consistent in your content and what you do is how you form that brand and make it something that's not just randomly posting stuff on, on the internet, right? Right. Um, and then the last two are expertise which I think anybody that looked at your feed could very quickly surmise what your specialty is mm-hmm. um, with, with the fashion and everything else that you have done, even though you've promoted with 300 different brands, um, it's very clear as to the quality and how you choose to present what you do. Um, right. And then the last is scarcity, right? So it's, it's creating that sense of urgency. It's, oh, I have to do this now or it's going away. Um, you know, join this or, you know, get this free download because it's only going to be until this date and then I'm going to pull it down. So all of these heuristics, which are that behavioral science part of why we make quick decisions, are all the tools that influencers are using each and every day without knowing that they're even doing it. Right. Which That's I so good. Incredibly uh interesting that that they're proving it day in and day out without knowing they're not doing it intentionally they're not going right i'm gonna gonna use social proof today you know what i mean but they're 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 doing all of these things do you find yourself using a lot of those examples on a daily basis with the brands that you partner with yeah absolutely i think I think I use a lot of those. I think the one I probably use the least but could use more is the last one where it's kind of like, oh, this is running out. Like, <laughs> you know, get get this download. It's going to be gone. I see a lot of email newsletters do that kind of stuff, and it works. And I think, I think, yeah, I think influencers do that all the time. I think sometimes just being yourself 
And it goes back to that related when you can feel like you know them and you're like, yes. that's Sarah. I know her dog and her husband, Jack, but you don't know these people in real life, but sure. you, like, you feel like you do. I mean, I recently bought a self-tanner at 12, it was like midnight from Australia because some girl on Instagram recommended it. And I was like, she looks amazing. And she was so convincing. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, I don't need that. Why did I do this? But... <laughs> You know, Dave wasn't too happy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, think, I think them just being themselves yeah. and, and using psychology to their advantage, even though they're not even meaning to, they're just being a human being and other human yeah. beings love other human, human beings. I think, yeah, definitely. I think people do that all the time. And I definitely do that without no- noticing. I love it. In the uh, in the introduction, we had talked a little bit about uh, Social Collective, the uh, influencer community, the app that you had created. I would think that that has something to do with this thought as well, right? Like you you realize that you have some things that you can share with other people. Is that what that was about in creating an app where you could have other influencers come together, share, discuss, and learn, not just from you, but probably from each other? Like how does that app work? Yeah. Yeah, so the app was basically created because I found that this this influencer world can be very competitive and there can be a lot of gatekeeping and there is a lot of scarcity around that. And so I've always offered tips on Instagram, but I thought, you know, there's a lot of other really amazing content creators that have tips and there's a lot of, you know, women that want to be content creators but have no idea where to start. And... I created the app as a membership and I basically give away everything I know as a content creator. There's courses on there, there's webinars, there's podcasts, there's um, a whole brand directory of actual brand contacts, like not just hello at Forever 21, it's Sarah at Forever 21, right? So you're, you're connected to an actual person and that's really hard to find. As a content creator, you're constantly looking at who to pitch to and um, you know, how to, how to make a media kit. How would you even go about doing that? And we have a whole community page right now where people are just saying how much they're getting paid for the brand. So if, you know, if, a, if Abercrombie comes to you and, and offers you this rate, you can go on Social Collective and say, well, Abercrombie paid so-and-so this with this amount of followers. So I can ask for a little bit more compensation because that's what's fair. Um, so it's, it's really, all everything I've ever known as a content creator. And I wanted to share that with with other creators because I do believe in an abundance mindset. I do believe there's, everybody can have a slice of the pie because your superpower is you, right? No one's gonna be Jim Knight. No one's gonna be Brant Menzoir. So when you two do your thing or write books or step on stage, like people are coming there for for one or the other. And, and that's so special. So even if a content creator has everything I've ever, you know, given away, they're still not going to be me. And so that brand can make that decision. So essentially, Social Collective is just a group of content creators that can learn and grow from one another. I love it. I wish we would have had that when we were doing, uh, we had a, we had a book marketing company, as you know, called Bookstar PR. Yes. And we worked with uh, Instagram influencers, bookstagrammers are called. Yes. And they're definitely, you talk about cutthroat, competitive, how nice would it have been to have a an app, a collective app of some sort, so we could have seen pricing and they could have all been learning and cheering from each other. And I don't know, maybe we were a little bit of a bridge for some of them, some of the ones we've worked with. We, yeah. We're very fortunate, but boy, we could tell 
it would have been nice to have had something like that in the past. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and your second thought, I know that leads to your third one as well. I don't know if they were similar or just fairly close. What What is your third thought that rocks? So the third thought that rocks is create content the audience wants. So it kind of goes off of the second one, but um, if your if your audience is asking for you know say you're a food blogger and your audience is asking for vegan recipes, I want vegan recipes, and they keep asking and you're not creating it, you need to really step back and be like, why am I not creating this? Maybe you just don't believe in it, don't care about it, that's fine. But if you're looking to grow an audience, you gotta give the people what they want, right? So um, for me, it was Instagram tips. And I knew the influ- I knew the industry because I have a background in influencer marketing and I used to help facilitate influencers for a brand. So I knew both sides. So I knew the type of content create- to create when my audience was asking for it. I love it. The bigger question is, why are you a vegan blogger at all? Uh, because that, I mean, that is a non-necessary place to be on the internet. What you know? What it could got a niche how to, down, Brant. Niche down. How, how to yeah. eat styrofoam? I mean, I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> no, Burger King has an Impossible Whopper that's vegan. It's incredible. Do you know they, why uh, they call it impossible? It? Because it, it does, it's impossible to taste like real meat. That's why they call it impossible. Yes. Let's just go there right now. So I love the um, – uh, I think it's uh, – there, there are two things I want to say. First, I think that um, when you have a specialty, when you have an expertise, um, right. that is uh, – it, it's a little easier to slide into here's the niche, here's the content that, that's going to follow – really what I what I'm most comfortable speaking on and giving advice about however um, there are also plenty of resources now for people who don't know where to start maybe they're not an expert in anything but they really want to know what people are interested in and there are now these websites and Google searches that people can do to find the most you know sort of searched for questions that they can go to I, th- I forget the name of it. it's asks something or other isn't it like answerthepublic.com? Yes. That's, answer that's a public. great one. That's yes. it. I was going to say Ask Jeeves. Ask but that Jeeves. Shows, that's how, that shows how old I am. Oh my gosh. I'm like, who's yes. Jeeves? Never mind. It was before your time. Um, he, was a, he was a waiter, too. He had like a whole little, hmm, what could I answer for you today on the interwebs? Um, but it was uh, uh, this Answer the Public sort of gives you all of the things being currently looked for. For answers for on the web, <laughs> that gives you a place to start because I think that yeah. that's, you know, what we have a friend Brian Fanzo who um, is famous for sort of this talk he does on it's called Press the Damn Button, and it's really just all about just do it, just go hit record yes. and start mm-hmm. to do it right. Stop waiting for the perfect moment. Stop waiting f- to become that expert. So this sort of gives you some tools for people who might not be an expert yet in something to at least find conversations they're interested in and start that conversation um, on your social channels. Is that sort of uh, good advice in your opinion for someone who might not have niched down yet? Yeah, definitely. I think that's brilliant advice. I still use Answer the Public if I want to see what people are asking. Um, I think Pinterest is an incredible resource to, you know, type in a keyword that maybe you're, something that you're interested in and see see what pins people are creating or even just going through your competitors, quote unquote, um, 
in on Instagram or on TikTok and seeing what they're doing, right? So I think yeah. I, I don't think it's copying. I think it's finding inspiration and seeing what resonates with you, and then you start creating that content. And I a hundred percent agree. I'm somebody that. Um, if I say I'm going to like make a course, I'll, I'll make it in a day. I, mean, I have no patience. I'm just so, yeah. I'm like, let's go. It's, yeah. it's done. Um, so I think, I think just starting and doing your research, I think that's extremely, um, that's a smart place to start. Definitely. Well, we're doing it here. Yeah. We're, I mean, we've changed thoughts at rock before we were really looking at the best piece of advice you'd ever been given. And so I think people maybe were interested in the guests. We would try and go out and find these these big rock star guests. Mm -hmm. um, and now I think we, we could use Ask the Public. We started with our own social media and just said, what are obstacles and issues you guys are dealing with? And we got some. But yep. we started to then just go to the internet and go, what are the top 20 issues that people have in the yep. world? Yep. And it, let's, let's focus on the topic. And then we'll go find the guests that would actually match up to it. And I think we're probably going to get better results from that because we actually are, are now providing a service to people, hopefully in a fun, edutaining way. Um, and there are people that are that are interested in being influencers. I mean, I, I can tell you, though, that this last thought is one that I probably struggled with the most when I first started speaking because I think both of you knew, you know, I was working for a company at that time when I first jumped off, not necessarily the deep end because I still had my – I had my real job, my day job, my salary and the benefits, but that was kind of my side hustle, if you will. And mm -hmm. I remember I would always, always, always go over and whatever time somebody had given me, they gave me an hour, I'd be an hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes. And, and you know, the only person who was really upset, the ones that were pissed off the most were the event planners. They're you dying think? in the back of the room. <laughs> well, when I would ask, I would survey people and I talked to the audience and here's the problem. And I, I, I want to pull it back to the point, create content that the audience wants. I was still relying on Hard Rock. I was working for Hard Rock International. I was telling a little bit of the Hard Rock story of about 20, 30 minutes and then getting to the content. And the event planner really only hired me for the content. And so when I'm telling this story, I'm going, this is what people keep telling me. You can't cut out. You need to keep that. And so I would go, who cares about the agenda, knowing full well that I'm screwing the rest of the day for... <laughs> some event planner, it probably took me a while to really go, I needed that advice to really go, this is the time you gave me, this is the subject you hired me for. I don't need to put in as many bells and whistles. So I'm hoping, you know, I, I didn't frustrate uh, more than just the one or two people that hired me. But um, I think that's great advice. What were you going to say from, the, from say the peanut gallery? That's shit advice for an influencer. <laughs> Because, well, I know it is. Because if they're asking for something and you're like, yeah, no, listen, I'm going to give you – I know you want – I'm throwing myself on the board. Uh, yes, if you I'm want saying. 30 seconds, I'm giving you an hour. Feature yes. film. Yes. Feature film. I, I, didn't say, I wasn't putting this as a positive example. <laughs> I'm throwing myself under the bus. That's right. I'm, I'm sure you've never had that issue before. No, I'm like – they want an hour and I'm like, you're going to get 36 minutes. All right? And that's I'm what saying you're get. I wish I would have had a Jesse Place in, in my life earlier to give yes. me some of this advice. I agree. I agree. But I think that comes down to this. So let's talk – so create content the audience wants, but just to just steer for just a second – you have to keep in mind what the client wants, right? I mean, it's yes. got to be where, how do you know when it's okay to go an extra 20 as Jim likes to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel, first of all, I feel like the, you know, the award show music, 
that they play. Yes. I, I can picture <laughs> Jim up there, and they're just <laughs> they're like, get him off. <laughs> I just incorporate yes. it. I'm like, I love this. Background music. Here comes Mean Gene the Dancing Machine, <laughs> which is another reference, Jesse, that you will never get what I'm talking about because it's way it's okay. before your time. I'll look right. it up after. Gong, gong show. <laughs> look up the gong show. You're good. Okay. Um, I would say I know when to just give a little bit more. So first off, a lot of a lot of influencers will be given a content brief. Will just be a breakdown of what the brand is looking for and the deliverables just laid out black and white. Um, and it really comes down to the marketing team, right? I've been talking to the marketing team for a few days now. I kind of, you know, understand their personalities, what they're looking for. Maybe are they demanding? Are they like, we need this tomorrow? Um, are they, you know, when it comes to the negotiation process, are they not willing to meet my rates? Um, so I look at all those factors. And then the, there's companies that are like, these are our deliverables, but be, be yourself, be creative. Um, we love your content, Jesse. So give us that. You know, we're really looking forward to it. Or maybe they're saying, you know, we know it's the holiday season. We would like this sooner than later, but we understand like life is life. Those are the type of brands I'm going to jump through hoops for because I yep. want that relationship. Um, and so I really look at that. I also look at, you know, maybe if this is a bigger company that I would love to continue to work with, then I'm going to do a little bit more because you are in a space where these brands are getting hundreds of emails a day from content creators begging them, right? Yeah. So how am I going to stand out? I recently started... Um, for the holiday season. I started it two years ago. I would lay out all my brand partners I worked with for the year and I would select like 10 to 15 and I would send them all the marketing team. So let's say I was working with JCPenney one year and that marketing contact who I worked with, let's say it's Sarah. I would send her a $25 gift card to Starbucks just saying, I am so grateful that I got to partner with you this year. I look forward to future campaigns with you guys. This is just a thank you. And it's those little things, right, that make me just go above and beyond. I had a really good experience. Um, my audience loved the post. You know, I want to keep that relationship going. That's when I know I'm going to, like, push a little bit more and, and give back. It, but it, the brands that are, you know, it's very short and they're not very personable or it wasn't a great experience that I'm like, okay, you want five images in one TikTok video? That's what you're getting. <laughs> so it, re it really comes down to the relationship you want to build and the, the people behind that brand that you're working with. Love it. So just wrapping up um, the three, if I got them right, it's not about you. It's about them. We know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Provide actionable content for your audience so Only that you can fans. provide value. And then the last one, you just said great content that the audience wants or that they're asking for. These are all great. And I know you have so many more. It's probably hard truncating them down into three. Where, where can people stay connected with you, Jesse, and, and maybe learn a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, so you can go to jessieplace.com. That is my website and my blog. You can also find me on Instagram at jessiemplace. And lastly, you can download Social Collective for free on the App Store and Google Play. Facebook page. I don't. She's, it's because she's not 50. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. She's smart. She's avoided that, the hassle. She's not <laughs> trying to find people for her 30-year reunion. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's okay. Her 30-year reunion's in the womb. <laughs> yes. But then, where's my... <laughs> Uh, Tony had that in post. Yes. <laughs> you could actually do that. I know. Do I don't have it. You could have had a nice rim yes. shot. Yes. 
All right, you're awesome. We love you so much. And and honestly, just thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. I'm sure there are some budding influencers out there who need need stuff like this. So thank you for everything you do. So Aww, great to see absolutely. You. So yeah, thank you guys you. for having me. You got you it. We'll talk to you soon. Rock <laughs> Bye. on. Bye. Bye. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are. And grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Thus That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Brant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on!